1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live.
2: My name is Janine Bitson. And I'm Teresa Curly.
1: And we're so grateful that you joined us this morning. Uh, we really, really have had a wonderful conversation this morning with all our guests. But now we're very excited to invite Father John Paul Gardner from the Diocese of Bismarck. He's gonna talk with us today about the seven sorrows of Mary. And and Father, on the, the last segment we were doing host banter. We didn't have Father Andrew with us to talk about our Lady of Fatima. Um, and then in her main message with the Rosary. Um, can you elaborate more when we pray the rosary? You know, obviously we're praying with Mary. Uh it's a Marian mm-hmm. devotion, but ultimately what are we doing when we pray the rosary?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on. I can't believe I'm on the real real presence radio. This is awesome. <laughs> thanks be to God. Um, Great question, though, about, about the rosary. Uh, it's, it's, it's so important to have the right uh, intention in mind when we when we uh, talk about the rosary. You know, the Blessed Mother, when she was filled with the Holy Spirit, she said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And uh, well, we know that in the Holy Spirit, she said, All generations will call me blessed. Um, she said that by, by the Holy Spirit, you know, inspiring that inside of her. She didn't say that out of pride at all. You know, that's, that's what all generations will do. So we, that's why we call her blessed. And of course, that's what <clears throat> filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, that's what exactly what Elizabeth said, you know, blessed, blessed are you who believe what the Lord told you. So, um, the Holy Spirit is the one, God is the one who inspires us to, to, um, to, to talk to Mary. And to and to and to praise her, um, Jesus did that Himself. You know, by choosing her and and by uh, and by coming to her. So when we pray the Rosary, what we're doing is we're imitating uh, what Jesus did Himself. We're we're going to Mary uh, as as a way to Jesus went to Mary in order to come to us. We're going to Mary in order to to find our way to Jesus. You know, she's the, the way that, the way himself. We call Jesus the way, you know, the way, the truth, and the life. It, Mary is the conduit. She's the, the sacred vessel that Jesus chose in order to come to us. And, and so when we we know that that's the safest and the best path to go, go to Christ. Um, and the Blessed Mother, we should remember, magnifies the Lord. She takes nothing away from uh, from our prayers. <clears throat> in order that are going to Jesus she only does it uh she only quickens our prayers if you will she only she enhances our prayers she 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 beautifies them um so this is what a magnifying glass does right it it, it takes something that's so small uh and and it, and it makes it it makes it uh profound uh the blessing you know our prayers are so small and so so feeble Blessed mother but when the blessed mother takes our prayers, she she raises them up all the way up to God and and, and helps uh, helps uh, God to accept them even though they're so so poor. And in the same way she what she does for us is she she takes so many graces from God that we would miss if we weren't weren't devoted to her. And she brings them down to us little children, you know. So you know how the the rays of the sun, you know, the spread all spread out all over. But when you have a magnifying glass, they actually the rays pass through, and they can be they can be focused on one point, and that's us, that's our, our hearts. So, so many graces from God. So that's my short my short explanation, ladies.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I think that that is something that can be so confusing because it's like she always is pointing towards Jesus, and and so she's our mother, and we pray, you know, with our mother, uh, but it's always going to be pointing you know, to our Lord. And I guess, you know, I, I just, I, I need to clarify that because I, I would hate to, you know, misinterpret anything, you know, that Our Lady is doing for us, but uh, definitely... We can't, we
3: can't, yeah, we can't, we can't praise Mary enough. You know, yeah. we, we talk to Mary, we can't praise her enough because she is, she is the, the, the mother of God. And, right. And, and so, you know, but again, Mary would have nothing to do with <clears throat> taking... You know, one single ounce of glory from from our Lord. She would have nothing to do with us. We don't have to worry about Mary doing that. Mary's not Mary, but but as as a chosen vessel of God, you know, she is. Uh, she's like the Ark of the Covenant. You know how 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 dearly people you know treasured that that uh, that Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. You know, Mary is is. Is even more important than the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant only held, you know, the the Ten Commandments and 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 uh, some of the manna, you know, from the desert. Mary is much more profound than that. She's a human being, first of all, so all human beings, but uh, but also a a mother, which is the highest calling that any human being can have to be a mother. And she's not only that, but she's the mother of God, and she's a disciple of Christ. She 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 follows so. When we, go, when we go to the Blessed Virgin Mary she's helping us to to find Christ it's, it's all about, when we say Mary she says Jesus
1: mm-hmm. so. amen yeah well thank you so much for being on it, uh, this morning with us uh, Father Father John what Paul. Uh, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
3: Yes um, I am a priest of the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, I'm glad to be one of my one with all my brother priests in the diocese. We have a great group out here, with a great bishop and uh and all the lay people out here in, in Bismarck. Um been a priest for seventeen years. I actually just have a little brother who became a priest. My little brother Paul. Oh um, wonderful. He's only he's only two months old. Um so I'm proud of my brother Paul, son of Paul Gardner, worked over at the leg. Um, from a family of nine kids. I'm the third oldest. And uh love all my brothers and sisters. I have twenty two nieces and nephews, but I just heard that we're actually gonna have there's gonna be a twenty third in the year twenty twenty three. So Aww, keeping so, up with the years.
2: So <laughs> exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Well, well, Father, so this yes. week we celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Could you tell us where does this feast day come from?
3: You know, the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows comes from uh the the profound devotion that we all have for the for the Blessed Mother and, and really comes from a the desire we have to live our faith, to put our faith into practice. Um it's rooted in uh in sacred scripture. Of course the um there are seven uh particular moments of sorrow in the life of the blessed mother. Her life probably her whole life was a life of sorrow actually, mm-hmm. but uh we We can uh, we can point especially to seven places from uh, sacred scripture where we can find these these events. Um, and so it was our awareness of the the places where uh, our blessed mother suffered, especially in union with Jesus, um, and a desire to to draw close to Jesus himself uh, in the midst of in the sacrifice that he made. Uh, dying on the cross, that we that we have this devotion to our, our Lady of Sorrow. So it comes from, you know, from the long history of the church. I think it it, it started in the in the Middle Ages of the church. Um, so maybe around the year twelve hundred or so. Or so we actually have um, images of Our Lady crying. Um, of course, maybe I would say perhaps the most amazing piece of art in the whole world was Michelangelo's uh, Pietà, mm. um, which is. Uh, which is an image of one of those moments, one of the seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin. You know, um, so there's always been a it has been always a devotion to our Our Lady's uh, sorrows uh, from the very beginning, and, and again, it, it, it comes from this, the source is is, is uh, a devotion to Our Lady's closeness to Jesus, especially in His sufferings.
2: Now, Father, what are these seven sorrows?
3: Uh, the seven sorrows of Mary, as I said, they can be found in, in sacred scripture. The first one is, uh, is actually, uh, the fourth joyful mystery, the presentation where, uh, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple and, um, and Simeon, uh, blesses him. And then, uh, but if you remember, there's a, there's a moment there where he's prophesying about who Jesus is and what will happen to him. Mm. He also turns to Mary and he says, Mary, you know, your, your heart will, will be pierced. Your soul will be pierced with a sword. Um, and so that's actually the image of Our Lady that we use, uh, for this devotion is, is, uh, you can see her, her heart, her immaculate heart has a sword, a sword through it. Um, it's a, a spiritual suffering that Our Lady went because uh, of the, of the, of the, uh, crucifixion that her son would have. So the first one is that, that prophecy of Simeon. And then the second one is uh, right after they tried to kill Herod tried to kill Jesus, of course Saint Joseph heard that he was supposed to take Mary and, and Jesus newly born Jesus uh, to Egypt so they had to flee. you know you can only imagine how much how much sorrow there was that she had to couldn't even tell anybody that she had to leave and she you know she't didn't, didn't have any time to rest uh, but immediately they had to flee for their lives. Uh, so that's the second sorrow of Our Lady is the flight to Egypt with St. Joseph. Um, and then the third, third one is that, that immense sorrow we can imagine anything. You, you lose a little one, even just for five minutes. You can imagine how, how much sorrow there is there. Uh, when, when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for, for three days, uh, and, and they found him, of course, in the temple. Um, the, the fifth joyful mystery is when they found him, but uh, those those days of sorrow before the before finding him is uh, is the third sorrow, and then the four the, the last four sorrows of Our Lady is are um, all have to do with Jesus's cross. Um, the first one is the, the fourth station where where uh, Jesus meets his afflicted mother. So Mary sees Jesus carrying his cross, and, and she's not able to do anything but but suffer with him. Uh, spiritually, uh, and then the fifth of the the fifth of these uh, sorrows of the Blessed Mother is the crucifixion and death of her son, and then the sixth sorrow is the the Pietà image that I spoke of earlier, where Mary, after Jesus is dead, holds him in her arms, and then the last of the sorrows, of course, is when she has to bury him. Bury him. So those are the the seven sorrows.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, it- it is just as a mom and just being so connected to your children uh when i see suffering mothers so many times you can identify Mary's sorrows in that, that suffering mother. Can you talk about the third sorrow of Mary um, after the break? I'm sorry, we have 20 seconds. Absolutely. We have to take a quick break. But on the other side of the break, let's talk about the third sorrow of Mary and how it's also part of the Joyful Mysteries of the Rosary. So mm-hmm. thank you so much sure. for being with us. We're talking to Father John Paul Gardner from the Diocese of Bismarck and the Sorrowful Mysteries. We'll be right back.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: The, the very day that uh, I was appointed as bishop, uh, I came over to the studio and, and uh, had an interview with you, and, and so that was my first introduction to Real Presence. It's been—it's been part of my. Life as a bishop from the very beginning, and I felt, you know, from that very, very first time that uh, we talked uh, on the air, I, I felt like I already was being introduced to the faithful of our diocese and to this whole area, which, which is a great thing because, you know, one of the the challenges for a new bishop, an old bishop, any bishop is to um, have contact with his people and to be a part of their lives in some way, and Real Presence Radio from the first day, has helped me to do that. I really feel like I have a way to to reach the lives of our Catholic faithful and others as well, who just happen to be listening. And and that's a real blessing, because in a diocese as large as ours, area-wise, it's it's hard to get around to every place. And um, I traveled all the parishes as much as I can, and, and yet this is a way that I can reach people that otherwise, perhaps, I wouldn't be able to visit with. And they get a chance to hear what's on my mind and, and uh, through different events that I've participated in on the air, I've heard some of their questions too, which has been a lot of fun. So it's, it really is a blessing to me. I, I feel very fortunate that this, this network is so alive and so vibrant in, in our diocese and really in this whole Northern Plains area. It's wonderful.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
2: And thanks for staying with us for today's last segment of Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Janine Bidson. And before the break, we were speaking with Father John Paul Gardner of the Diocese of Bismarck, and he's just helping us understand the seven sorrows of Mary. And Father, so um, the third sorrow of Mary is also one of the joyful mysteries of the rosary. That doesn't seem to make sense. Can, Can you explain that for us?
3: Paradox, paradox, yeah. no. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it interesting that, you know, this is, the Christian faith is full of these, the Catholic faith is full of these paradoxes that, you know, that, uh, you would think that we want to escape all sorrows, all crosses, you know, and not have anything to do with them. But, but actually when we dig deeply, deeply into them, we find that, that in the midst of the sorrows, there is great joy. There's a, there's a lasting goodness. So this would be a good example of that. Um, um, the third sorrow of the Blessed Virgin Mary is the the losing of Jesus, uh, in the temple, um, and that, that those days of, of loss. Um, um, so Jesus says in the Beatitudes, he says to us, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are mourned, they shall be comforted. You know, it's important to keep that in mind. So Mary and Joseph are, or where, you know, they, they did the classic parent like I thought you had him, Oh, I thought you had him, you know, probably <laughs> and they're like they would, they would check with their relatives and then he's gone. Um and then there's just that that emptiness in their heart. They just think, like, What in the world? God gave us this phenomenal gift, this this child, he's been obedient to us, he's been so good to us. How could we have how could we have lost him? So there's this immense sorrow, uh immense anxiety, distress, all of that. Um, as Mary and Joseph, and they trace their steps back uh, to Jerusalem, <clears throat> and for sure, they went in there thinking, "Let's let's go to the temple and pray. God will God will tell us, you know where, you know where Jesus is." And of course, as they get there to the temple, there's Jesus uh, in the midst of the elders, you know, asking them questions, and they're amazed at Jesus. Um, and, and and Mary says, "You know, didn't didn't you know that we were we were suffering?" You know, that we were, your father and I were were, were crying, you know, and Jesus said, well, didn't you know that I needed to be in my father's house during my father's business? So Mary learned a great lesson in the midst of that sorrow, uh, as did St. Joseph. Um, and it says that Jesus was obedient to them. Uh, the, the sorrows b- brought about a great consolation for Mary. If you think about it, it reflects, especially on those days at the end of his life uh, here on earth, um, there's also another three days where she lost him, and she would have remembered that that sorrow uh, immensely in her heart. Um, this third sorrow th- sorrow of her life once once Jesus died, and she remembered Jesus said that he would rise from the dead, that she would find him again. Uh, and so, the, this this sorrow's the fruit of this sorrow is that is, is confidence, especially that our Lord uh, will will rise again. That there was a a real a real grace there for her to, um, to to be confident that God would be able to take care of of everything even when her son died. Um, so we see the value of, of 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 our tears, of our of our sorrows. It's not useless in the in the life of a Christian. We we know that when we when we have sorrows that the consolation is is going to be coming very soon uh and I would, I often think that there's are too too few tears that are shed um and this is one way that our Lady of Sorrows can help us it's a it's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit when a person receives the ability to cry uh to mourn uh, especially for our sins you know there's so many gifts there but why why because when you when you when you have those tears of sorrows for your sins, you go to confession. The delight, the, the joy that comes from going to confession, and the, the freedom to know that Jesus' blood has been shed for me, you know, it brings great consolation.
1: Wow, that is so beautiful. You know, why would, why would you encourage our listeners to reflect on the sorrows of Mary more in their life?
3: Um, You know, I think it because it... Reflects so well our life in this world, you know. It gives you it gives you a, a clear understanding of the difficulties that uh, that we're faced with. Especially if you're trying to be faithful, <laughs> if you're trying to be faithful, you're going to have some tears. You're going to have sorrows that that come your way. Um, remember, when Saint Paul, um, when Saint Paul went out to preach, you know he tried. You know, profound homilies and explanations to people, and you know the Greeks are like, "Yeah, well, like we'd like to hear you about this some other time." And like, well, <laughs> you know, like never. You know, and what what happened is, Saint Paul said, "Here's what I've decided: I'm going to talk about. I'm only going to talk about Jesus and Him crucified. Mm. I'm going to talk about Him and Him crucified." And so, you see, in front of every one of our churches, when we, when we go to mass, we're celebrating the sacrifice of the Lord. You know, and we put a crucifix. The priest needs to have one on the altar in front of him, and all of the faithful to have the crucifix in front of them. That's how we live our lives as Christians. And, and so, you know, if we if we walk with our Blessed Mother, she'll take us by the hand. You know, when we pray the, with those sorrows and Mary, she'll take us by the hand through the midst of our tears. You know, we, we say, "We're mourning and weeping in this valley of tears." Turn then the most gracious Advocate, your eyes of mercy toward us. You know she's so merciful. Um, The Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Sorrows, is one of the most powerful devotions you can have to the Blessed Mother. You know, um, and that's because that's because of the great consolation that Our Lady brings to us in the midst of our sorrows, our pains, whether it's loved ones that we have lost. Whether it's whether it's a, a, a sin that we're trying to overcome, whether it's somebody difficult that it is that that we're trying to forgive, whether we're looking for answers that are impossible to find, our blessed mother has been given to us by Jesus uh, uh, as a consolation. Remember, on the cross, uh, the, the 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 fifth of the sorrows sorrows of Mary, Jesus as he's dying gave us Our Lady of Sorrows uh, to us. She said, he said. You know, to the blessed mother, woman, behold your son. That was all of us. Behold your children. And he said to us, he said, behold your mother. So Jesus himself gave us our lady of sorrows. So she's our consolation in this life.
1: Well, it it is uh, so beautiful how you have unpacked this. We only have a minute till the preview of our next show. Do you have any final thoughts or reflections for our listeners?
3: Yes, I do. One thing... Did you know, did you know that there the first basilica in the United States, ever in the United States, all of the United States, was uh, the basilica in Chicago dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows. And if you go there in Chicago, you can see a perfect replica, marble replica of the of pieta, Michelangelo's pieta. So pray to our lady, she's she's so phenomenal, she's awesome. She's she's crying for us. Thanks be to God for her blessed mother.
1: Yes, thanks be to God for sure. Well, now we're going to head over to our technical director so you can preview our next show. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Heather Caro is your host coming to you live from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She'll be talking with Diane Hawk about the impact that participating in the 40 Days for Life has had on her and how you can get involved as well. And Dale Bartscher will be sharing about what's in store for this year's South Dakota Right to Life Convention. All this and much more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you so much. Well, Father, before we head out, uh, could you just give us a quick blessing and all our listeners?
3: I would be glad to do that. The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
3: Through the intercession of Our Lady of Sorrows, we Almighty God bless you all. In the name of the Father and of
1: the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being on with us this morning and unpacking Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, I just want to thank you, Teresa, for a wonderful day with you, and
2: um, maybe we'll have more times together. Absolutely. Um, it's it's such a joy. This is why I love RPR, is I hear your voice all the time, so it's great to
1: be able to meet you. <laughs> oh, well, it's all the Holy Spirit, and, and I just hope that... That all of you listening today that you know you just unpack our beautiful mother Mary more in your life and that just understand that everything she does is pointing to our Lord and uh, bringing us closer and uh, it 's very very special
2: yeah it really is, and you know our lady our lady wants you to come to her so that way she can bring you to Christ, so listen to that invitation, bring your children just I don't know, take advantage of this time, this time in history where Our Lady is making herself known and making Christ known.
1: Yeah, and and maybe tomorrow just, you know, really unpack Our Lady of Fatima and uh, her message to the world in a struggling world, which back in 1917 wasn't a whole lot different than what we're, you know, going through right now, except you add all the technology and everything. Can you imagine if we would have had Facebook or uh, internet when Our Lady of Fatima in 1917? It wouldn't have been just the 70,000 people that saw pictures, you know. and crazy. So that's our
2: call now. (laughs) Spread the word.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, To be evangelizers, uh, the beauty of our Holy Mother.
2: Amen. Well, thanks so much, and God bless your day. Have a beautiful one. Amen.